Today's New Testament reading is from Acts, the 26th chapter. So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul. Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and all throughout the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here, testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light, both to our people and to the Gentiles. This is the word of the Lord. 
For today's meditation on God's Word, we welcome Pastor Mark Buto. In the name of Jesus, amen. It may be that you can look into your life and think about something that you've done, maybe in the past, maybe long forgotten by many people, but maybe still fresh in your own mind or burdening your own conscience, some sin, some, something you've done against God or, or another person that was so awful, so terrible, that you think there's no possible way that God could ever forgive you, that God could ever receive you into his kingdom, that he would ever love you and that you would ever be his child. And even though perhaps you, you, you've been in church your whole life and maybe you've uh, been a Christian your whole life, but even still, sometimes you doubt that maybe that's all true simply because of this thing that you've done. Or maybe you haven't really done anything that's you think is so terribly awful, and yet if you ponder the law of God and the commandments that teach us that we should love God above all things, we see that we don't, and that we should love our neighbors as ourselves, we don't do that either. And there is our condemnation before God. But St. Paul serves as an example for us because he was, as he told St. Timothy in his epistle, the chief of sinners. Once again, we have St. Paul telling the story of how God took him and turned him from being a blasphemer and a persecutor and a murderer of Christians, one who was so on fire for the Lord that he would go and hunt down Christians who confessed the name of Jesus and have them put to death from such a murderer into one who would be a preacher and proclaimer of the Gospels, an apostle to the Jews and Gentiles all around the world. St. Paul is an example to us that no matter what our sins, no matter how awful they are, no matter how terrible they have been, you are never, ever beyond God's grace. In fact, God can always take what is evil, what is sinful, what is awful, what is terrible, and turn it into his good and his blessing. As he took St. Paul, who was a persecutor of Christians, and turned him into Perhaps one might argue the greatest missionary among Christians and the greatest preacher of, of Christians of all time to make him an apostle to the Gentiles, the one who went and proclaimed, as Paul tells King Agrippa, that God is bringing Jews and Gentiles away from the power of Satan, from darkness into light. This is what Jesus does. This is what he accomplished when he came into this world and took on flesh so that he could keep the law perfectly, way more than St. Paul could ever keep it perfectly. And Paul was known to boast at how well he kept the law, what a great Pharisee he was. But Jesus kept the law perfectly and then on Calvary, on the cross, shed his blood, suffered and died so that every last sin of St. Paul and you and me is blotted out once and for all for good. That is what Jesus brings by his death. And then his resurrection brings his triumphant victory over Satan and death and sin, our sins, answered for at the cross, left buried in the tomb. Now that brings to us new life. That's the new life that is given to us in holy baptism when Christ's death and resurrection are put upon us and we become children of God so that whatever sins we have had are simply wiped out and we are now the free children of God, free to bear uh, works um, uh, and fruits of repentance that is loving God and testifying of his goodness in our lives and loving our neighbor as ourselves to, to help them, to strengthen them, to comfort them, to do 
whatever it is in our daily lives, our, our daily callings, that the good works that love and serve our neighbors. So whatever calling you do as a husband or wife or mother or father or brother or sister or, or someone's son or daughter or fellow co-workers or fellow church members, all those good works that you do done because Jesus has taken you, whatever you've been, whatever you've done, and he has made you a child of God. And whatever sins and iniquities you've had, they've all been put away. Once again, we have St. Paul testifying and telling his story about how God took a murderous, self-righteous Pharisee, and maybe those sins are the worst of all, not simply our gross outward sins, but the ones where we really think that we're all that in God's sight, and takes even such a one and turns him into one who lives by faith and trust in the promises of God in Jesus Christ, just as you have. That's his gift and promise for St. Paul and for you through your baptism into his death and resurrection. In the name of Jesus, amen.